Welcome to A Slice of Orange. I'm Jody Balmer, and today we're talking with Tom Campbell, Dean of Chapman School of Law and the co-founder of the Common Sense Partner. How many times have you heard somebody say that they, what we really need is a Common Sense Partner? Well, Tom Campbell and his uh, colleagues have started one, and he's here to tell us all about it. It's an interesting approach from a former Republican congressman and state legislator who really understands the problems in our two-party system. They want to reshape what true democracy and civic engagement looks like. It's a bottom-up approach to reform governance so that candidates could hopefully be independent of the party leadership control. And you might even want to join their party after you vote in the presidential primary, um, which is determined by your party registration. Uh, and, and then you'll be able to say you're a member of the Common Sense Party. So uh, sit back and listen to Tom Campbell tell you all about it. Let's get started. So I'm pleased to introduce you to Tom Campbell, the co-founder of the Common Sense Party in California. Um, welcome. Thank you, Professor Balma. It's great to be with you. Oh, call me Jody. So okay. before you were in politics, you were a law professor at Stanford Law School and then had a political career, and now you're back, uh, returned to academia at Stanford and Berkeley, and now in Orange County at Chapman University. Yeah. Um, so you served in the U.S. House of Representatives for non-consecutive term with a little stint in the U uh, California Senate. You ran for Senate a couple of times. You considered a run for governor of California. Um, what is better, politics or education? Oh, education. <laughs> of course. In fact, Jody, I never gave up my professorship. So when I was in Congress, I would fly home oh. and, and teach on Sunday mornings. So amazing. Stanford was very generous to me. They allowed me to keep my tenure as a faculty member um, and uh, provided I had a sure. one class I was teaching, and that's what I did. So I taught constitutional law aspects what was happening in Congress. That's uh, amazing. It was fun. It was current. And the students didn't mind meeting on Sunday morning. Nice. That's great. So you were a Republican for your political career and, and likely before that. Um, in 2016, you register as an independent. What I hear from so many former Republicans is that they didn't leave the Republican Party. The Republican Party left them. Is, is that how you would consider your registration as an independent or is it different? Oh, no, no, it was a major change, but the change was associated with the nomination of Donald Trump. So in 2016, uh, he won the nomination of the Republican Party. And he then announced that if Hillary Clinton became president, there was no way to stop her from appointing Supreme Court justices unless the Second Amendment folks then he paused and he says something like, well, we'll have to see. Well, I'm paraphrasing it, but it's pretty close to identical. What he was saying was a reference to guns, second right. amendment people. And I, um, I, I pointed out that our, the obvious horrible implication that he was calling for violence. Mm -hmm. uh, his campaign said, oh, no, he was simply saying that we must defeat Hillary Clinton in order to prevent her from appointing her kind of justice. And yeah. I said, no, that isn't what he said. He, he said, if she's president, there's no way of stopping her unless the Second Amendment. Right. Um, so I said- That campaign cleaned up an awful lot of 
references to violence. They, yes. And you might remember as well in San Jose, uh, which, which is where I was living at the time, um, there were some protesters at one of his appearances, and he said to the audience, so, um, why don't you rough them up a bit and I'll handle your attorney's fee? Right. And he right. said to the police, when you put somebody in a police car, you arrest them. I don't mind if you, if you whack them a little bit. Uh -huh. uh, and he said that uh, he, uh, he, if he became president, he would bring antitrust actions against, uh, against uh, Amazon because Jeff Bezos uh -huh. ran the Washington Post. Uh, he said he would ignore international law uh, uh, regarding the prisoners in Guantanamo. Uh -huh. So it, it, it's not just that one item, but the one comment that was too much for me was that invoking the potential on violence right in the context of our country where we have had assassination so that really was was a very singular moment uh, now more generally the republican party in california had been moving to the social right mm -hmm. and i was and maintain a social moderate position i'm fiscally conservative and I believe a woman should decide whether to have an abortion or not. Mm -hmm. I believe the government should have no role as to whether somebody is allowed to be married for gay or straight. Mm -hmm. I don't think we should put uh, religion into our schools, to our public schools. Sure. <laughs> religious sure. schools are very important and have a very sure. So uh, the Republican Party was moving to the right anyway. Uh, but uh, when... Uh, Donald Trump was nominated, uh, the Republican Party in California embraced that move. And over the years he was in office, uh, very much uh, uh, became a subsidiary of President Trump. Mm -hmm. So in 2016, there was, or uh, uh, maybe 2020, uh, a, a rumor that you might consider a presidential run as a libertarian. Um, oh, no, no, <laughs> that never was sure. Rumors. Rumors fly. Maybe it was wishful thinking on, on, on a couple of people's uh, minds. But why not the Libertarian Party? Fiscal conservative, socially moderate kind of fits with that. Um, so why the Common Sense Party? The Libertarian Party has in its charter, it's just as fundamental as that, that they will never support a candidate who is not a member of the Libertarian Party. And I saw that as very restrictive. Whereas what's needed in California is because we have top two, we have the chance for getting yeah. a moderate Democrat into the finals or a, a socially moderate uh, Republican into the finals. Uh, and the Libertarians could not support that candidate, but a new party could. So mm -hmm. suppose, for example, with top two, you have a Democrat versus a Democrat running for assembly. And that was the case in 14 different assembly districts in uh, 2022. So it's quite common. Now, one of those Democrats is going to have the support of the Democratic establishment, the uh, public employee labor unions in particular. The other won't. And mm -hmm. so what about that other Democrat? Uh, maybe that person is a social moderate and fiscal conservative. Maybe that person believes we should have uh, uh, charter schools, which the California Teachers Union does not support. Uh, so uh, that person will not regular Democratic Party, but might be a very fine candidate. So it was essential to the whole strategy that we be able to help people in other parties 
who were not getting the support of the orthodox uh, organizing mm-hmm. of that. And, and the top two advanced primary is, is a really good example of how, you know, political scientists and, and good government reformers that were behind Prop 10, or sorry, Prop 14 in 2010, um, you know, really thought like, oh, this could work. We have these districts that are drawn to be so safe, you know, for one political party or another, that really the primary was the election that decided you the outcome. Like- as yeah. soon as you got a Republican in a safe conservative district, you knew that person was going to win. Same thing for all the Democratic safe districts. And so we imagined um, with the best of intentions that the top two advance was going to allow these third parties to finally have a chance to say, you know, what about somebody who, you know, a party that's really closely aligned with what you want, but offers a different perspective, offers a different flavor of that same brand. And, you know, 10 years, 11, 12 years later, we just haven't seen that materialize in the way. And I, you know, tell my students, if I was the Libertarian Party, I would spend 100% of my time focused on getting one person elected in a top (laughs) two primary, just one, to show that it's possible, to Uh show that you could do that. And, and, you know, 100% of my time also on changing the rules of the elections, which is another part of your platform, is to highlight some of, you know, these very minute details and in the weeds election rules that determine the outcome of our elections. You are so right. And the top two was the vehicle that made a third party uh, not not, uh, unrealistic, that made it realistic. However. So it didn't. It did not develop. But what did develop is something quite interesting. Perhaps we did not anticipate, but still is is uh, reflective of a greater choice than had been before we adopted top two. That is uh, factions within the right. Democrats. So in the Central Valley, you've got Democrats elected who are pro agriculture and right. not all that enthusiastic about water running out to the Pacific Ocean because of right. the, uh, the uh, salmon. Uh, right. And I don't remember the gentleman's name, or, but you might. Uh, but he had been removed as chair of one of the environmental committees. Oh, yes. I don't remember the name. but Because he, he said, no, we need water in Central Valley. Right. And, uh, and, and the dominant view in the Democratic caucus in Sacramento was, no, that the coastal of Right. So that's a perfect example. What can we do then? Well, we can support that Central Valley kind of Democrat. Mm-hmm. And let me take just a minute longer because the details sure. are hugely, hugely important here. How, how do you support a candidate? Uh, the, the rules for campaign finance in California uh, have a maximum that an individual can give to a candidate for state legislature. But they have a maximum of $45,000 for what an individual can give a party that a party party can then give to the candidate. And this is not coordinated expenditure. This isn't a uh, a phony phony, uh, construct. This is straight up in the law. So 
you are running with the support of the regular Democratic Party and you've got a wealthy friend who's capable of contributing uh, uh, $51,000, right. you can get $51,000. Just mm-hmm. the money spent one day in the Democratic uh, candidate uh, right. category and then goes to the candidate. And I repeat, this is not to mention the coordinated expenditure. Legal. Right. This is straight out. Here's the money. Now consider instead that poor Central Valley Democrat uh, who has offended the major uh, power brokers uh, in the Democratic. Right. Uh, he can only get raised forty uh, fifty five hundred dollars. Right. So in a D versus D November, uh, who wins? Uh, the one with the fifty five thousand. Sure. Sure. With the fifty five hundred. But enter the common sense party. And here the libertarians couldn't do it. The mm-hmm. Greens, Greens wouldn't do it. And the uh, American Independent Party, which is misnamed, we can talk about that. Correct. Oh, so misnamed. They wouldn't do it either. So here comes a party, common sense party, says we are not only willing, we're enthusiastic about helping mm-hmm. you. We've got a donor who's capable of giving $45,500 do you ask her or him to give mm-hmm. it to the candidate campaign committee of the Common Sense Party and we'll give it to you the next day? So you're not imagining that moderate Dem, and I think you know there's a number of, uh, of folks in that caucus of mod Dems, um, you're not imagining that they join the Common Sense Party as their party label. You're right. talking about how the Common Sense Party can maneuver to support those who may not be supported by their political party. Perfectly right. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. Now, do you imagine a, a time where there are common sense candidates? No, of course. Uh, and we believe that we are, uh, mm-hmm. that we offer the voters of California views that are more in the middle than mm-hmm. the two main parties. But we are bottom up, not top down. So I can tell you mm-hmm. on any given issue, but our platform will be developed by the membership and we're, our bylaws will be approved and have an open platform, Jody, mm-hmm. somewhat unusual also. Platforms open all the time, not just at the time of a convention. You can put yeah. a suggestion that you think should be in the platform. Um, we have a minimum number of of a second where it gets out to a vote of the membership. So this is a long-term desirable. And I think we might have people saying, well, here's a good one. I'm, I'm pro-choice on a woman's right to choose about abortion. And I'm pro-choice about parents' right to send their children to a charter school. Uh, where does that leave me? The Dems, right. the Dems help me because of the seconds and the reaps won't help me because of the first. Right, right, right. Yes, someday we will have our own candidates. Yeah. Wow. But the endorsement of the Common Sense Party, not just the donation, but the endorsement may start to mean something to voters. Good. Thank you. I agree with that, too. But let me take just and, a second. And well-named for that. Yeah. <laughs> Common sense. Let, let me just underline one last point. Yeah. Not it, but it's, worth, it's not that we have the money to give as a donation. No, no. It, it is would... allow the right. candidate who's got the donation in hand. Right. Can't use it because of the fifty five hundred. Yeah, no, I appreciate that clarification. So, California, you know, 
we have this NPP, no party preference registration, which is growing faster and faster as people are dissatisfied with either extreme of the party. So many, even Democrat voters, um, are not happy with a one-party state where the Democrats in the legislature and the Assembly and the Senate have two-thirds um, of the seats. And so the Republican Party has become, you know, sort of useless as far as voting, um, where they used to at least needed that two-thirds majority for certain things. Um, and yet voters aren't choosing one of the minor, minor parties that currently exist. Um, so how do you, as the Common Sense Party, appeal to voters to register as Common Sense so that you can be official and maintain that? Um, and, and what would the appeal be for those NPP voters to rejoin a party and make the Common Sense Party their choice? If, they, if I get uh, two minutes of time with each one, <laughs> sure, sure. I will explain how we can even out the playing field in this remarkably biased system in mm -hmm. finance. But if I don't have two minutes, then what I'll say and what we have been saying is, are you satisfied with the two parties? I mean, if you, if you are, marvelous. Thank you and good day. But most of the folks we talk to say, no, I'm, I'm not. And, and the, the statistics are, are striking. This is from the Public Policy Institute of California. Now, it's, it's just a bit dated. It was 2018. But it's the most recent we've got. It's not that I'm hiding a more recent poll. No, right. And uh, Democrats, uh, do you need a do we need a third party in California? Fifty six percent say yes. Republicans fifty three percent say yes. Independents seventy five percent. All adults fifty five percent. So we've got a huge demand for for uh, the party for the rest of us. Is the phrase mm -hmm. that I use. And then the other selling point is, and so that first one will take me only ten seconds. Are you happy? If not, try something else. And then if I have maybe 20 seconds, I'll say, do you have a great idea you'd like to see advanced? What are your chances of getting that into the Democratic Party platform? Sure. What are the of anybody even listening to you? What are the chances of a process for you to get it into the Democratic Party? Or Republican Party platform? If it's e yeah, right. Either one. Zero. It's zero. But sure. look, at, look at the way we're constructed. We have an open platform. You can put it forward. And until we are an official party, go to our website, it's a cacommonsense.org, and you'll see the perspectives of, uh, file. Mm -hmm. Click on the perspectives file, and you'll see lots of people writing in with their ideas. So mm -hmm. you can do that and start a dialogue. Yeah, that's you know an interesting approach, really grassroots and kind of open source. And at, at the same time, the... The, the the reality of our binary political party system um, and, and some of the election rules that you talk about that still exist um, mean that voters really are looking at the lesser of two evils. They're looking at, you know, strategy voting of a third party could take away. And so um, not with the top two primary, because that eliminates that in the California legislature and that. But. When we talk about local politics, when we talk about school board elections and city council, county board of supervisors that used to be really nonpartisan by design and voters treated them nonpartisan, they have become increasingly partisan. And candidates that I've talked to say, you know, the very first question that any voter has 
when I meet them is, am I a Republican or a Democrat? And so talk a little bit about what you would like to see change, the common sense party, you individually, when it comes to the system that we use. Um, we saw it in Placentia or Belinda School District, where you know they have an extremist majority because of the election rules that you know, allowed somebody who did not get 60% of the vote, 60% of the voters voted for somebody else. And because of the election rules, she won and sits on the Placentia or Belinda school board to kind of the detriment of those 60% who wanted somebody else. I should be clear that I don't know the detail. Yeah, that's just first past the post or winner take all what we call it. So let me speak about that exactly. First past the post is a bit. It's a bad system. Indeed, that's how President Trump dominated. Uh, he won so many states, just 36, 35, mm-hmm. 30%, and got all the delegates because that was more than anybody else. Uh, the, the structural reforms are go to top two. Uh, and that mm-hmm. way, you eliminate the uh, spoiler effect. Uh, that's a huge point that is not true at the national level. That's why I've been pushing our third party here in California, but I haven't pushed it nationally. Common sense party is not a national, because at the national level, you do have that risk of a spoiler. Uh, Right. But not if it's top two. So that's the simplest reform. Already gone to top two for Mm -hmm. state office, and uh, that should be implemented in others. Second, we get to improve the uh, go to ranked choice voting or or go to proportional representation. Mm Mm-hmm. Then, um, and, and we're seeing ranked choice voting start in some municipal areas. And, you know, you know, I always explain to my students that part of the resistance to any change is just we're comfortable. We know how to vote with the system that we have. And so there's always resistance. But as people get used to it, I think they'll like it. It gives you more choices. I think so, too. Uh, yeah. and, and you've got people who then are not going to be from the extremes. Because right. you can't be the, in the extremes and hope to get somebody second. Uh, right. I think it's right. beneficial in all respects. Let me think. I, you probably can correct me on this, but I think Berkeley has it. San Francisco has it. I think uh, Santa, Santa, uh, Santa Monica has it. So it's and I know uh, San Diego is considering it. So yeah, I think I think as more communities use it, it will spread because I think the outcome. Um, will, will make people happier that they have choices and and there will be less extremism, hypothetically. I, I, hypothetically. I think, I think you're right. And I just found my note. It's San Leandro, oh, okay. not Santa Good. Monica. Uh, but I was right about Berkeley. Because I don't have that. In, I know it's Berkeley and San Francisco, but I don't know the rest. And uh, uh, Oakland and San Leandro. Yeah. Oakland yeah. and San Leandro. So North, n- Northern California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's get that down here. Come on. Right, right. I yeah, I I think so. And and you know, with all these things, I think there's always the um selfish, self-interested perspective of people and parties first think of would this help me or hurt me? Would this help my side or hurt my side before they consider good government? What's best? Isn't that a shame? Yeah, you're right. Isn't that a shame? But people will. See, I don't know if you feel the same way I do about the Electoral College. That's, I think it's really outrageous for California to have only uh, 54 votes in the Electoral College. 
and Alaska has three and Wyoming has three. And uh, fortunately, I think it comes down to better than 12 to one. Uh, yes. Your strength in the Electoral College. And before I can get a Republican to agree with me that we should uh, get rid of the Electoral College, they say, well, wait a minute, then you'll elect more Democrats. Right. That's right. not the issue. That's right. <laughs> I know. electing people who represent us. And, yes. Well, and I, years and years ago, uh, after the 2000 election, and there was kind of the policy window open to have some discussions about changing the Electoral College. And, you know, a, a lot of us were looking to Maine and Nebraska that at least if we no. weren't going to have the votes for an Electoral College amendment in the Constitution, then maybe we could change the way we allocate the votes. Yes. And of course, for California, it's a winner take all for the Electoral College. The Democrats are not interested in hearing any changes <laughs> to it. But yeah. I was really interested in maybe it's because it was 2000 um, and the switch from California being really reliably for the Republicans was still in people's memories of, of the 80s. Um, but right after 2000, Republicans in California, when I would bring this up, of changing to district based elections like Maine and Nebraska, where, yeah. where you know, the Republicans could easily count on 15, 18 uh, of, of those votes, which is bigger than a whole bunch of states. Um, so and, and a number of Republicans in California said, no, we don't want that because California is going to turn back to be red. Oh, thought, oh, oh, well, really? <laughs> I don't know if we live in the same state. I don't think that's true, but I don't have a crystal ball. And, Who knows? And, um, and just suppose you ask them, put to one side whether it helps Republicans or not. It doesn't it help Californians? Right. It, the, rest, the rest of us. Uh, I was just frustrated because my friends who live in Iowa get to meet everyone who even thinks about being president. And I would like Cal State Fullerton, Chapman and uh, Fullerton College and the others to host a, a presidential debate together. And I love it. one way to do that is to make these congressional district competitive. Instead, you know, California becomes the ATM of presidential politics that candidates only fly here to collect checks. That's absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and maybe not even that with now Internet. And you know, text donations of small donors. But it was eye-opening to me to realize how much that filter of even if I think this is a good idea, I would never support it because it would hurt my chances. And I understand that. I mean, I'm not running political, you know, presidential campaigns, but it, it was frustrating to see even the Republicans were opposed to it because they had benefited from the winner-take-all system picking up all of those California votes for so long. And also, Jody, I think they are more national Republican than California Republican. So sure. that's part of it as, as, as well. Sure. So how do we get around it? Well, California has initiative, so we can change things by taking issues directly to the people. Yeah. And we can create uh, third parties. So as, as long as the system is what it is, we can work within it. Third party. And that brings up a good question for me, which is, would the Common Sense Party be interested in initiatives for electoral change, working with other partners? Oh, yeah, we've, we've done that already. We've been working uh, with ranked choice voting in San Diego. Uh, and since we're not yet official, we can't take a party position. But individual sure. members of the leadership of the uh, Common Sense Party have been strongly supportive. And in our uh, bylaws, we have the process for supporting candidates and also the process for initiative mm -hmm. it's very much uh, on our mind and uh in, in the years to come uh with the better than 75 percent of the 
Senate and uh, almost 75% of the state assembly uh, being one party, uh, it's going to be initiatives or or the Democratic orthodox. Right, right. That 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 is the the you know release valve for yeah, so many so. things of a one party state, and and that's frustrating for voters. It's frustrating for voters because they don't understand the connection of we're going to see longer and longer ballots as a result of people not feeling heard in a, a dominant majority, supermajority plus um, Democratic Assembly and Senate, and so that leaves people who feel unrepresented to turn to referendums, to initiatives. Um, and, and that's frustrating. You know, I, I complain often about having to research how big a pig cage should be. Um, <laughs> I have better things to do. I don't know. I, I don't know. And I'm tired of listening to dialysis commercials. <laughs> You're right. Election, dialysis Stop. is on the ballot. Right. There, there used to be a time, and I don't think it's all that long ago, when you could say, well, I entrust that decision to my elected representative. Correct. Correct. Problem was, and in those days, when I was a state senator, um, they needed two-thirds. Uh, right. The Democrats did not have two-thirds, so they had to be uh, commit, uh, open to compromise and conciliation with uh, right. others. And so, yes, you could, said, you could uh, uh, conceive that Sacramento was capable of studying an issue and coming to a sensible yeah. uh, outcome. Not true as much now. And the reason is because it is a majority of a majority. So mm -hmm. who runs the Democratic caucus decides we'll get out of Sacramento as a needed to get two-thirds support in the days when the budget was. And, and so that brings me to the question of, and, and, you know, as, you know, a, a Republican elected official for so long, you know the players, you know the people. Um, why can't the Republican Party rebuild their brand in California? Why can't they be a viable option? The national label, Jody, is impossible to overcome. Mm -hmm. And I'm not blaming the Democrats. I'm blaming Republicans. But the Democrats love to say, oh, you're a Republican. Well, so you're for President Trump. Uh, or they probably don't say president. You're you're a Trump. You're a, you're a mega, sure. And, and then you spend the next ten minutes or however long you have saying I'm a Republican, but and I found myself doing that a lot. I was first elected sure. in 1988, and um, I remember I was running for re-election in 1990. I saw a friend at the post office. We were both getting stamps, and uh, said, "Oh, I, I just sent in an absentee ballot. Couldn't vote for you this time." And I said, "Oh, gee, I'm sorry. Why not?" And he said, oh, I was sending a message to, uh, to George Bush. And I said, I'm right here. This is the post office. Send a message to me. <laughs> so the notion that right. you've got an R after your name, therefore, you are right. Ronald, Ronald Reagan, I wouldn't mind. There you sure. uh, uh, Donald Trump uh, mm -hmm. is too hard to overcome, Jody. Mm -hmm. And the Democrats saying, uh, if you maintain your your registration in the in the Republican Party, you are enabling Donald Trump. Uh, that's a that's a hard argument uh, yeah. to overcome if you only have ten seconds. Sure, and and it's so hard to run for the top two primary as an independent without a party label. Um, and and you know we've seen you know Chad Mays resign from the Republican Party, but he had already been yeah. elected. He already had name recognition. 
And I think it would just be so difficult to run truly as NPP, truly on your own person without a party. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think the need for clear branding that you are trying to do with the Common Sense Party and endorsing, helping, you know, th- those who don't have the support of their major party without requiring them to resign their party affiliation is, is an interesting new approach. Pragmatic, Jody. I've got to say, I hope, and you know, the day may come when, let's say, for sake of example, 10 Democratic state senators mm-hmm. uh, are elected because they had friends who give, gave to the Common Sense Party and the Common Sense Party gave to them, or are elected because the Common Sense Party endorsed them, even though they had a D after their name. Mm-hmm. And those 10 state senators might say, you know, we've got a caucus here. <laughs> we can be the Joe Manchin of Sacramento. Yeah, well, and and I think that's what a lot of us are wondering. Um, as you know, Ma Dem started to appear. You thought, oh, is there going to be a split? Are we going to be, you know, two sides, two wings of the Democratic Party? Because it is problematic to have a one-party state where yeah. people aren't heard, um, and and where there's, you know, you lack that deliberation, you lack that 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 improvement of ideas through the airing of the hearing process. Boy, is that right. So uh, I'll tell you, when I was in Sacramento, uh, because the Democrats did not yet have two thirds, and Mm -hmm. I was a moderate, I was made chairman of the Housing and Local Government Committee. Uh, That's remarkable. Uh, And the bills that we got out of that committee represented a reasonable, achievable compromise between Mm -hmm. the interests that would otherwise have been shut out if it was single party rule. Uh, we we don't have that in the National Congress. So, so I'd gone to U.S. Congress first, then the state Senate, sure. and back to the U.S. Congress. And the contrast was stark because in the House of Representatives, it's 50% plus one is everything. Everything. Not a, not a single committee was chaired by a member of the minority. Right. Whether the D's or the R's were in charge, they never gave a committee chair to the and no bills are heard on the House floor unless a majority of the majority party are in favor. Right. You can have a great bill, might have 60% of the representatives in favor, but not 50% of the D's when they were yes. with 50% of the R's. By contrast, in Sacramento, before the D's took over 75%, uh, there was a lot of compromise. Sure. Uh, another good example uh, was uh, the Loma Prieta earthquake. You have to think back to 1989. But I was the congressman from that district, Loma Prieta. It's the mountains between mm-hmm. Santa Clara and San Mateo counties. And uh, Governor Wilson made a deal with the Democratic legislature uh, that there would be a, a one-year tax increase, sales tax increase, that would go for earthquake relief. Uh, can you imagine Republicans favoring a tax increase today? Well, Pete Wilson did. And the Democrats said, yes, we'll go along with it. And the Republicans said, yes, we'll go along with it. Because there'll be an earthquake in Southern right. California someday in a, in a district that has more Republicans than Democrats. My district, either the Bay Area was Democratic. That was the right thing for California. Uh, God forbid uh, if, and I suppose it's a matter of when we have an earthquake and uh, a proposal for relief happens, uh, it better be what the majority of the majority party want or won't get done. Yeah, yeah. It's it's disappointing uh, uh, to see those changes. And 
um, I, you know, I, I sometimes wonder whether I'm more disheartened by the changes because I've seen the progress recede in compromise and moderation and moderate Republicans and Democrats getting elected and serving, or if it's more disheartening to be our, our young students who have never seen um, a political process that compromise and don't have any comparison. Uh, maybe, let's be optimistic for a second. I'll just give you okay. a, little bit, a little bit of my own background. So I grew up in Chicago. Uh, it was a Democratic Party machine. What made me a Republican was a, a independent-minded Republican who was the U.S. attorney named Jim Thompson, who decided to run for governor. Uh, and because it was a one-party machine, because it was a corrupt machine, yeah. I, I and a number of college age, that's what I was, college age, I thought the Republican Party is the party for, for independent thinking, and the Republican Party is the party that takes on and attacks corruption. And look mm-hmm. at all, all of the uh, uh, members of the daily organization, the machine, that were indicted and convicted by this right. United States right. named uh, Big Jim Thompson. So maybe if the situation becomes so yeah. uh, uh, repugnant. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and, and we certainly see that Gen Z voters are, you know, registering and they're active. We just have to get them, you know, informed and engaged in local politics to understand uh, why it's important to vote, even if it's not a presidential election. Um, yeah, very, very true. And and point out what happens in in, in the dark is 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 awful. Uh, strange things come out of the. Uh, yeah. A good example is uh, that inadvertent tape recording of the Los Angeles City Council uh, members who went over to yeah. the union the uh, union headquarters. Yes. And they most offensive racial phrases and talked about how they were going to give this district to that person because of his or her race and yes integrated somebody else because they were not from the right part of Mexico where their family was not from the, the right part of Mexico that they preferred. It was it was enlightening of what was otherwise a dark process. Right. A lot of that happens and it was rare that uh, a tape was made. Sure, sure. And and released. Uh, yeah. 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 And, yeah. And, and, you know, FBI investigation of Anaheim and oh, gosh, yeah, all of the scandals in local. And, and you know, I, I think that there's just a lot that needs to be reformed and cleaned up. And well, let, um, me jump, let me jump on yeah. and say I should always give a Republican as well as a Democratic. No, so no. I, the abuse in Anaheim. Orange County. <laughs> the Republican side. So I, I agree with you there. The, those yeah. are on the Republican side. Yeah. I, but it's about power. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, often Anaheim politics aren't divided by political party. They're divided by, you know, the power structure and, yeah. and being in the majority or outside. And so um, we in politics seem to create our own divisions, even when party doesn't divide us. Oh, isn't that bad? isn't that too bad? So ranked choice voting is a good alternative. Top yeah. Alternative. Drive people to the center because yeah. you can't win just being. 36% winner in it, 7%. Yeah. So let me close with the two minutes uh, that you asked to have with voters of uh, sum up what the Common Sense Party uh, wants to provide. If you think the present system works fine, then we're probably not going to get your interest. If you think that you've got an idea that you might be able to improve things in California, the two major parties are not going to be willing to hear you. Uh, the Common Sense Party is open, inclusive, and responsible. Uh, indeed, that's our motto. 
party for the rest of us, open, inclusive, and responsive. Go to cacommonsense.org. You'll see our principles. You'll see how you can register. It takes less than five minutes. Go to the Secretary of State's website, put in your driver's license number, and when it gets down to the box that says party preference, check other and type in comments. Our, our goal is to offer an opportunity for people who think for themselves. We will support people who are running for office. We will support people who are putting forward initiatives. Even if I don't personally agree with the position, I don't personally agree with the candidate, we'll support somebody who is independent-minded, makes decisions based on the evidence and not uh, So that's what we are. We, we, we've got a chance if you register to vote uh, in the Common Sense Party and we hit the required minimum. Uh, we don't hit the required minimum. It's going to be more of the same. And I'll just end by saying that that's not uh, an optimistic future. Monopolies are no good in business. Monopolies are no good in politics. The cacommonsense.org, party for the rest of us. That's a great place to land. Thank you so much. My thanks to you, Jody. What a great opportunity to talk to some of our future leaders.